This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Anthony Jones, Director of Equity for Ames Schools. We're going to have an amazing conversation about racial injustice and how professional development and conversations of race can be embedded within school districts. All right, Dr. Anthony Jones, we're in uh, episode two here of Amazing Education Podcast. We needed two episodes. The first one flew by, so um, I think we're going to pick up where we left off, but I would like to focus a little bit more on... Um, racial injustice at, uh, during this episode. And I know that, you know, in the last episode, we talked about how um, race and equity, you know, they, they move together oftentimes. But, yeah. you know, um, we'll focus on that a little bit more on this one. And, and one of the things that I have heard you say more than once is that we're really, you know, we have this plexiglass here. Yeah. We're still in... in uh, coronavirus pandemic, but I've heard you say more than once that there's really two pandemics going on in, in our society. So I want to give you an opportunity to touch on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, you know, this has been uh, really tough, right? So even realizing at the beginning of this week, um, there was a news report that came out from uh, the Des Moines Register. Uh, in Grinnell, right outside of Grinnell, there there was a uh, black body that was burned on the side of the road in the ditch. Uh, Michael Williams uh, has been identified. Uh, I haven't heard all of the details about it, uh, but when you think about the, pan- the the pandemic that has been going on, a lot of focus has been around COVID, of course, right? But when we talk in terms of the things that have happened in between that, and I can, and I can think about my own anxiety. Uh, so, for instance, you know, of course, George Floyd uh, tipped the scale as well as Breonna Taylor. Uh, but um, Ahmaud Aubrey also uh, was uh, something that, that grabbed my attention as well. And, um, you know, he was running, jogging uh, through a community. And uh, uh, I, I like to go out and jog in my community yep. and uh, go to the track and different things like that. And even being a part of the community, when I saw the news report and saw the details behind it, it was really a concern for me to even want to go out um, to, to jog in my community uh, or go out to a neighboring track or a park. Um, that, is, that is an unrest. That, that is something that you can't collect uh, data on. Uh, you don't drop that when you walk into your job, right? Uh, you don't drop that as a student when you've seen that on the news. You don't drop that at the door when you go and sit in a class. Or now, you know, having to decide whether, you know, you go out into the community and, and get exposed to uh, COVID, but add the factor of like your life is in jeopardy, your physical body is in jeopardy because of the color of your skin just by going out to exercise, right? Yeah. Uh, so that is that is definitely uh, something that has been heavy, uh, and even in a place of you could be like, you know, a place of isolation because, you know, we have a small population of black and brown students in Ames. And I know sometimes when it seems like, you know, a group of students are together, it just seems like, man, we got a lot of diversity in Ames. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're really spread out. So even in, in our district, you know, even though we have, we've increased a little bit of our staff diversity, yep. uh, we're still spread out. 
Yeah. And so, you know, um, it's not a, a lot of opportunities for us to get together and check in, yeah. you know, to make sure right. that we're okay. And so there's a lot of social, uh, racial unrest in that area, but also let's, let's look at the pandemic of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So there are also some data out there that, that states that even in COVID-19, uh, the people who are dying and being affected the most by COVID-19 are people of color. Yeah. So black yeah, and brown yeah, I saw people. That too. So, I mean, yeah. it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So you can't go out and job, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can't go out and, 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 and go and want to go and, and hang out with some friends, yeah. you know, and... and, and and go to a cookout or something like that because if you get COVID, there's a high chance that you may go to the doctor you may get, may, not, may not get treated because yeah. of um, the color of your skin. So all those things are happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but yet we, we need to make sure that um, we get good grades and not get suspended, right? So <laughs> so in the last episode, you know, we I alluded to conversations that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. for people. This is oftentimes, I think, for a lot of people. And and listen, I'm there. I mean, I, I've had moments. You know, one of the things that, that you and I, um, when we when we talk about these things, you know, in, in a structured way, it's like, you know, it's like it, embrace the discomfort, you know. I mean, because it, it takes a lot of, like, personal reflection. And, mm-hmm. and I will... Um, I mean, one, say thanks to you for, for kicking it off and, and working with uh, Dr. Spikes and Swalwell because I, I'm doing more reading on it. I'm having more conversations about it than what I wouldn't before. And yet, I you know, I reflect on a conversation that, that you and I had. You, I mean, I went to meet with you unrelated to this, and we had a what I felt was a great conversation. And yeah. But, like, these are things, like, about you, Ryan, and these are things that I, I, I haven't had to actively think about. Mm-hmm. Um so how do we have these conversations as a school district? You know, I mean, one of the things that I think um, is good right now is that this is a conversation that is happening not just in schools, but it's 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 much more mainstream than what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's shedding light on a lot of things. Right. And so how do we take that and implement the work in, in a school district? Yeah. Um, I mean... We're right in the heat of the moment, right? Yep. And so um, our habits are we respond to whatever the need is within the school system. Yep. So a lot of our conversations have been based around responding to the need at hand, right? How do you get to school back to some sense of balance? I'm not going to use normalcy, right? But some sense of balance to where students can come in and get their education. And so in that fast-paced environment, which even without our current situations with, with COVID and mm-hmm. school closures, we function like that. We're always in the heat of the moment. Yep. Our school system is set up like that. So when the bell rings in the morning, students know that it's time to go to class, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the bell rings again after class, you got a few minutes to, to take care of your personal needs, which could be checking in on friends and get a few laughters and go to the bathroom, maybe get a drink of water and then get back to class when the bell rings. So everything is constantly moving from the time a student enters our building, right? We're setting a fast-paced moment. We got 45 minutes to finish this class. I got some standards that I need to make sure I cover. Where do we put in, let's stop, and, and have a conversation or a dialogue around how we're doing, right? Yeah. And how do you speed that up? 
right? Because you might go around even with adults and you, you have a general conversation. So how how is everyone doing? Yeah. Fine? Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. I'm good. Good. But if somebody says, hey, I'm really struggling right now, mm-hmm. and I can guarantee you because of the way that we've been yeah. socialized, the way we've been kind of functioning, yeah. that we're only going to be so much patient to listen to the concerns yep. of the individual. So we have to start. We have, we have to start prioritizing what is important, right? What is really important, and we only get glimpses of that when we lose someone, when someone passes away, mm-hmm. when we have a student who um, 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 commits suicide, right, yep. or, or die by uh, suicide. Then we then we reflect on the importance of what matters and then we move on again yeah. right and we never like put in place the importance and the value of the person that is sitting across from us and so we have to be we have to start pausing and have have those conversations and those dialogue yeah. and it can't be like you know i'm feeling like dialoguey today yep. right yep. it has to be embedded in the system so before we get to the nuts and bolts we're going to have a dialogue, a conversation around, you know, this topic, and then we're going to check in with all of our members, yeah. right? And so it has to be intentional. Why? Because we go by schedules. Yep. We have a meeting set in our calendar um, every day, right? And then even in the event, we have an agenda item, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you look at a classroom setting, they have a lesson plan, a unit plan. They have a minute by minute of what students are supposed to be doing. It has to be embedded in that everyday structure, yeah. intentionally. So let's talk about um, racism a yeah. little bit. Everyone would agree that the, maybe not everyone, <laughs> everyone should agree that overt racism, that's bad. Right. And that's what people point to. Right. Um, like, yep, that's bad. That's not me. I don't support that. Mm-hmm. I don't perpetuate that. Yeah. I... I in no way am I affiliated with that. I am beyond that. So that's good, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I'm done I'm done with this work. Right. <laughs> not not so much. Not so much. No. Yeah. It, it um racist and you need racial stamina. I mean, you need to like you need to go through I mean, I personally am in a much different place mm-hmm. um than what I was 2 years ago just because of of the conversations that I've been allowed to have that have been started for me. I've, I've listened a lot. I've read more. Um, I've gone through the exercise of having the conversation, but right. but not everyone is there in our society, not just in, in, in education. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we're talking about, though, is that overt racism. No. What are we talking about? Right. Um, there is that piece, I think. Sure. That- we don't talk enough about because yeah. you know we have the conversation when we talk about overt racism uh we typically believe that that was something that happened back in the 60s yes the kkk right kkk yep. but not only the kkk but it only functions overt racism only functions in kkk yeah but we don't see it we, we it's hard for us to see it in in every day like over right yeah i think in, in my in my opinion i think we've leaned more toward the other side because it's more of a softer way to have a conversation mm-hmm. and we typically talk about implicit bias yeah but there are a lot of explicit bias that happens okay and so uh what i mean by that i think we have learned uh certain conversations to have out in the open 
But then uh, behind the scenes, we have more of an explicit conversation around uh, racism or race, right? Yeah. And so, but what we don't understand, those beliefs comes out publicly, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you may not know it, right? But it, it comes out or slips out, whether it's through an activity that you decide to do as a teacher, whether it comes out in a social media, and I know that's fun to you. Yeah, yep. it's not. You. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have a staff tweet a racist comment, yeah. right? Or they may have their own personal Facebook group and somebody um, recorded and then posted out to the public. Yeah. Now it's an issue and everybody is shocked, right? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> because we typically think the implicit bias is something that's hidden, it's not really talked about, it's some things that we have to reveal to people. But no, we have a lot of people who are practicing racism that we don't talk about. They yeah. may not put on the hood, they may not go out and ride a horse and burn a car off, right? Yeah. Uh, but there are people who have conversations, uh, racist conversations or explicit conversations yeah. around race that we also need to continue to bring forth. Um, I think in our political environment, um, I think people are still like grasping at the chest. You know, these old movies, you would hear uh, the woman in the scene would say, oh, I've never. Yeah, <laughs> and people's right. reactions are like that. But I'm like, man, this has been, this has been happening. Like yeah. this has been going on. And in my opinion, when you think about po politically, I think the things that we're hearing from uh, some of our political leaders, people think that it started with our current leader. Yeah. It started with, I mean, it started with our last leader, you know, sure. our last leader, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just now, it's just more obvious because this particular leader, is, you know, what is said at a dinner table yeah. or in a home is actually said. Sure. Know, uh, out loud and so those things never never um, it, it's sad you know it's yeah. sad that even in 2020 we hear some of the things um, that are being said from our leaders that that has like brought a, a, a brighter light on the situation that no it has not gone away mm -hmm. black and brown people have been telling you that it still exists yeah and so we have to start trusting and believe that, right? So I've, I've, I've been reading uh, one of the books that I've read in this excellent book by Bettina Love, uh, We Want to Do More Than Survive. And she does a great job of um, identifying that, you know, when we don't believe black and brown people until their bodies are destroyed. <laughs> are being harmed in public. Right. We don't believe it until it's a video. Yep. And even then, it's kind of like the conversation about, okay, let's see, let's wait till all of the, the facts come out. Let's see yeah. what did they do, right? Um, we don't believe black and brown people until bodies are, are destroyed yep. publicly. And that's been historic. When you look at uh, the right to vote, you know, we, we yep. just lost a juggernaut in uh, John Lewis, right? But we know the scene, right? <laughs> We know the scene crossing Selma Bridge, yep. and we saw the scene, right? Uh, and we we it, it's still hard for us to believe that you know we don't we don't want to join the party yeah. until we see bodies being beaten, and so which that, is yet another example. Yeah, I mean that's just another layer another, of an example. Another layer of example. Yeah. So uh, what we have we we have to start being able to have more of a conversation about. Yes, the overt is still there, and not be afraid to have that conversation. Now let's talk about the other side that now is almost like a shock to the system, and that's where you know we've learned through Dr. Spikes and Dr. Uh, Swalwell is this uh, this framework and uh, around critical consciousness that there are some some practices that have been in play yeah. that we have not been aware of, right? 
And so, uh, and then our habits of response is to blame the families instead of looking at the system, right? We want to fix the family and not fix the system. And not only that, so you hear the system, and those of you who are listening, I'm doing a little yep. quotation with my fingers, <laughs> uh, but the system also have players in it, right? And so you can't create a system without having somebody to run the system, yeah. right? And so, and so both things are planned. And so how do, you, how do you keep the conversation saying, yeah, we have a system in place, but also realizing how do we like perpetuate it? How do we keep yeah. it going? And then how, how have we been complicit in maintaining that system? Um, we also have to have a conversation. I love this. One parent responded to me. You know, they were reaching out to us as far as how can I serve? You know, what do you need yep. uh, from us as a community uh, to be able to help the school system? And uh, they left this statement like, well, you know, we are Ames Community School District. And I'm like, huh, I, you know, it's kind of like we get caught up in the, the name, right? But this person highlighted the fact that we are a community, yeah. right? And so what that highlighted for me is something that I always believe is that when we think about other areas that play a factor into the system, we focus a lot on when a student enters our building, right? Yeah. But we forget that we have people with faith backgrounds who mm -hmm. go to church and that there, there are conversations and statements being made from the church that they're learning, right? It's this idea of socialization, how we've been socialized. But then we also have media outlets, you know, whether whatever news outlet yep. you choose to watch, whatever podcast you choose to listen to, yep. whatever social media outlet you choose to engage in, those things are playing a factor in what yep. you believe. We don't, you know, those... All of those play a factor when an individual walk into the yeah, building. Right? It all comes in. Right. And then we talk about the family, right? But yeah. we forget all those other institutions as well. Yeah. We tend to think that the school system is like, you know, students come off a spaceship and then they get, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> the yellow this, this yellow bus comes like changed from a spaceship and then it lands, it turns into a yellow <laughs> bus, and then it, it drives up to the building and all of our students get out. Like, it's not how it works. It's not, not how it works. <laughs> And so we have to be more intentional about having conversations to bring attention to those areas, yeah. right? I say this a lot, and I've been saying a lot even in my conversations with, um, with my wife around, because we have a lot of conversations yeah. around this topic, is that when I have conversations with teachers or administrators or around in the public, it's not like I'm trying to convince you, you know, you know I graduated from Iowa State. Yeah. So I cheer for the Cyclones, right? Just by just by yep. proximity, I cheer for the Cyclones. Yep. I'm not trying to convince you to be a Cyclone. If you if you are a Hawkeye fan, I want you to be a Hawkeye fan, but just don't be a racist Hawkeye fan, right? <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm that not too much to, to ask? Convince you, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm not trying right. to. Con this is not. We don't take the same topic and strategies in our back and forth because I want to win a discussion. Yeah. Or you're just trying to get me to believe some liberal, whatever, conservative, you know, whatever yeah. we use. It's not, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to convince you to be a cyclone. Yeah. I want you to be a Hawkeye. I want you to wave that black and yellow flag. Yep. I want you to do all of those things. I want you to have Hayden Fry tattooed on your arm, right? <laughs> but just don't be racist with yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the part that we need to like continue to drill down in and have more intense conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get you to be a Democrat. I'm not trying to get you to be a Republican. Yeah. I just want you to be racist. Whatever that, whatever you decide, just don't be racist, yeah. right? And so... Well, what should be a low bar there? <laughs> right, know, it should be. It should be. But we yeah. enter into those conversations with that same mindset and strategies 
in our conversations, and, yeah. and that's not what it's about. So I'll just I'll use myself as an example. You know, I brainstorm topics on on this podcast, and even you know what 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 stories I cover for a school district, and and. Um, I'll be fully transparent. Moderating this episode is much more intense for me than what I think it is for you. And I have these thoughts in my mind of, like, am I going to be articulate enough? Am I going to say the same things? No, I I get it. I mean, but this is one of those topics that, like, you don't want to say the wrong thing yet by saying, but but saying nothing, like, me thus not doing this episode isn't the right decision, you know, because that doesn't further the conversation. So now take this example and apply it to, say, teachers. Um, and then maybe also loop in the importance of professional development, because I know as a district, we're providing some professional development for teachers around this. Um, uh, I'm not familiar with what that's going to look like this year. You know, COVID has complicated a lot of things as far as our calendar and stuff like that goes. But there are um, teachers across the country who want to have this conversation and want to read more, but also don't want to say the wrong thing right. because I think there's there is the reality and perception of if I do say the wrong thing, there is accountability for that as well. So how do we balance all of that? Right. Uh, again, we have to understand that we're in the we're in the uh, we're in the job of education, right? Mm-hmm. So it is about teaching, right? It's the same thing about how we approach discipline. It's about education. It's about yeah. teaching, right? Uh, and so. Um, it, it is always about making sure, again, I said it earlier, we have to embed in our schedule to where we're having professional learning yeah. around this topic because we have not been taught to have conversations yeah. around this topic. Not only how to have the conversation, but how does it look in my everyday life and how does it look in my everyday work? Mm-hmm. And so we, we typically think in terms of professional learning like this, you know, okay, I got I go to this professional learning, right? Yeah. And it's so far from what I want to do in my classroom that I just have to go and hold my breath. Do my time. Do my, right, do my time. Yep. Until I can go back to the real, to the real work. Yeah. This is. I've weird. been in those. Right. I mean, of fully course, transparent. Right. <laughs> Come on. I've been in those. Yes, that's why I can speak so clearly yeah. about it. No, we all have. But this particular topic, it's hard to say, okay, I need to learn about Lucy Calkins literacy and how to apply yep. this in my classroom, yep. right? And I know this is one of the heavy things, right? Yep. How do I apply literacy, this new this new curriculum around literacy into my yeah. classroom, right? But we want to make sure that the literacy piece is embedded like with culturally relevant teaching, right? And so in order for that to happen, we have to make sure that we are preparing our teachers to be able to I can't tell you what to do once you go in the classroom. I need for you to carry that into the classroom so you can be creative and all of your literacy background and certification, but you can freely flow as a teacher picking and choosing curriculum and activities in your classrooms that's not going to harm a student. I say this so uh, passionately because uh, we had a neighboring district, a district that, you know, I follow a lot and we actually glean from. Uh, this particular district as far as creating the equity office mm-hmm. and, and like looking at some of the strategies and their diversity plans and different things like that. And it was put out in the news report that there was a teacher that uh, uh, sent out, gave an activity for uh, their class around uh, imagine if you were a slave. I saw this. And I don't know how many times 
this particular activity has been around in the news, right? Yep. And so it's almost yep. like, again, like we're like in another time machine or something. Mm-hmm. Like we don't like engage in certain, but it still surprises me that even in a district yeah. that has been engaged in professional learning yeah. around equity and, and race, the, and, yes, and grace, <laughs> yep. and, and been doing it for years, yeah. and that still happens yeah. in that district. So it's not even just about professional learning, but how do you engage teachers and administrators to know that this is not just a hot topic for today? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, that's, that part is difficult. You know? And I can talk about some things even in our own district. When you put in some work and then something goes out that, that creates like... <laughs> Oh, I've been there, man. I thought uh, I was doing critical yeah. consciousness. And yeah. so, like, yeah. oh, yeah, sure, you're doing critical consciousness, right? But yeah. this happens. And so it's almost like slipping through the fingers. Like, sometimes it's like trying to grab oil, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it I just know. flies through your fingers, right? And sometimes you miss staff because some staff needs more attention, yep. right? And others, it's like, yeah. I just need you to just go and be free. You're ready to go. Go out there and just fire it up, right? Uh, and, and that takes some time, too, to make sure you get everyone, not just on board, yeah. but to know that there will be some accountability, definitely. Yep. Yeah. And it may not be in the system to where you're called into HR, but the accountability may come from just exposure to the public, right? Yeah. And so now you're exposed that you have this thought process or whatever, and, and now we have to work through that. Yeah. And so when you talk in terms of professional learning, it just can't be about learning. But it also be it has to be about this is real work, this is life work in every aspect of your life. But also from learning to action. Yeah, I've been seeing this a lot. You know, when when everybody was protesting and you know right after George Floyd uh, murder, and everybody was buying up books, right? Yep. So it was like books you couldn't find a book. Oh no, I know. Equity, social yep. justice, race, you couldn't find a book. Yep. And um, I, I love the fact that one of the, the, the professors that I follow made this statement like, you know, we just can't be satisfied with book studies. Yeah. We can't be satisfied right. with book studies because we can, like, we love to learn. We learn a lot. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. Well, it's all theoretical Let's a lot theorize, of times. Let's yep. theorize, and, but it has to be about action because people are going to believe what they see you yeah. do, right? And so you can say, oh, we're going to have this book study or, oh, we, you know, we have yeah. critical consciousness. People want to see the action, and that's what that's what matters. Those things matter to our community. Those things matter to our students. Those things matter to our parents. Those things matter yeah. to our colleagues. What are we doing? What are the actions around the professional learning? Professional learning is one thing, but how are we, we holding each other accountable yeah. to make sure that it's being applied? Well, and some of those um, you know topics that you know do make it into the public, I actually um, I see that as part of the process too because I feel like. I, I think maybe traditionally those would be topics that maybe didn't make it into the public before. And so um, I think as a district and for me personally, that is also part of the process in how as a system do we respond to this? And I'm not just talking necessarily about discipline. You know, I mean, yeah. you alluded to that, too. It's not just about that, right. but but how how do you respond to it? How, how do you own it? How do you build capacity in, in people um, at every level? Um, that that's part of the process because I, I it's there's no way that this is going to go smoothly. No. I mean, no. engaging in this work, 
not that you want hiccups to happen, but but hiccups are going to happen, and 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 you have to be prepared to re, to to own it and respond to it, and and learn and and whatever those next steps are. Um, that's part of the process. One of the things I did write down this quote. Um, it was from Robin D'Angelo because you know you referred to. Oh, book studies and they are great but I, I don't just see this work in in because we're you know it's a podcast about education it's not just about professional development this right. is personal development there's yes. no way to separate the Absolutely. two in fact I think the personal development almost has to happen first mm -hmm. and then you figure out how like that does get embedded in your professional development and the thing that um, she wrote was you know any white person who wants to challenge racism and engage in anti-racist must work to specifically address the message they have internalized about black people. Like, you know, these stereotypes. And until you can really, and, and it's a ping pong in your head going yes. back and forth, but it's just, it's as you engage in social media and watch the news or have conversations, it, you, you naturally do this, but I, that is the personal development as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as a system, providing the, the systematic professional development allows that personal engagement to happen. I, I've seen right. actually a lot of teachers who, who engaged in our critical consciousness over the last two years, even a few weeks into it, they're like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know this was what it was going to be like. And I'm sure you've heard yes. so many other yes. stories, mm -hmm. um, just mm -hmm. different. Everyone's at a different spot. Absolutely. So, oh. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it is to realize we are educators and we do have to come with accountability but we also we also have to come with grace as well and we have to be patient just like we would any student or learner yeah. and we have to engage it in that that manner uh, and that's what i love about uh, critical consciousness the framework is that is it's around the individual being aware right because again and, and, and i'll say this you know it's not about hiring a position yeah. Right. <laughs> because if I'm in your face, I can like if I use communication, you know, I can be in front of you and have these great ideas. And you can dialogue. You give me instruction about communication. I can go back and send an email <laughs> totally different yeah, than what you right. had just yep. given me advice on. Yep. Right. So it's more than just about having a communication director, mm -hmm. but it's also about how do you transfer from your knowledge and your skills into me. So when I go back and I'm creating newsletters, when I'm creating communication, that it's almost I'm using your knowledge embedded yeah. in my understanding and application when I go back to my office. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. We, you know, Our habit is also that we believe by creating a position that all things gonna go away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we got a special ed director, so we're not gonna have any issues about special <laughs> right. education anymore. And uh, my, my concern is that that same application could potentially happen even to my position. Sure. Uh, I've seen, I, I understand clearly uh, with my position, I told you I was going to talk about this, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, I know that this position is not a, uh, a long-standing position, right? It's mm -hmm. not necessarily a long-standing position. We can have a change of superintendent, we can have a change in a political leader, yep. and they can say, you know, don't spend our tax money on stuff like that, right? Poof, that position could be gone. Yeah. Principal? You know, typically we're not going to say, well, we don't need principals in our schools, right? Even though I think a few years back there, there was some conversations around teacher leaders and stuff like that. But typically you're not going to hear, oh, we don't need, we don't need principals in our buildings, right? But so I know that this position is, uh, I guess the word would be, uh, is it dispensable or whatever? It's something that you can have for a minute and go away. Sure. Happened in Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, you know, Tennessee is a very uh, 
conservative and whatever label you want to put on that that particular state. But um, they follow suit with a statement that was made from our political leader, and um, they took removed some of those positions around equity. And so why? Because we're using state funds to be able to pay for a position that is telling us that we're bad people, right? right. <laughs> we're bad uh, Americans, right? But that's not what that position is. So I know that the position can be here today and gone tomorrow. So what do you do with that? You have to multiply the understanding. It has to be embedded in all those positions. Yeah. You can't catch you know, a political stance or issue if it's embedded in the system. Right. And so uh, I would hope that as we continue this work, it becomes more embedded. Yeah. You don't have to call special ed director to have an understanding of how to lead an IEP meeting. Right. Because as a leader or a teacher, you're going to understand how to go in there. You're going to have the knowledge and understanding because of the guidance from the special education director. Yeah. But you're not going to be dependent yeah. on that position to function in whatever you're doing in the building. You know, we could keep going. Yes, sir. Uh, but we, we've had, we have hit our limit on, on this episode. So I want to thank you, Dr. Jones, for uh, not only this episode, but our previous episode as well. Um, these are conversations that we need to continue to have. So awesome. for everyone listening, um, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Be sure to share it with um, all your family, all your friends. And, you know, we are on iTunes, Google Play, and on YouTube. So um, until next time, thanks again.